This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another brand new episode of Oh, the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast that misses Rob Holmes. He's back in Virginia Beach. Yeah. God bless him. <laughs> Thanks to all of this time that he's been, like, weathering the storms of Chicago. We didn't we didn't want to let you go, Rob. We didn't want to let you go. I, I didn't want to leave either, so it was, it was right. kind of cool, but at the same time, I was like... Okay, I, I got I to gotta get back. I'm tired of traveling to the airport over and over and over just to get crushing disappointment. His godforsaken flight was delayed yet again, getting yep. him back to Virginia Beach, which is why we're late again this week. So yep. we greatly apologize for that. But typically, we are a horror movie podcast that's on time, and we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer, Steve Allman. Uh, and I'm the expert, Rob Holmes. And, and today we've got a interesting one for you all, y'all, as it may be abbreviated in some parts of the country. Yeah. Uh, we're taking a look at your next. Yeah, um, man, your next. This this is a this is a very. There's a lot of history with this film, man. Like history. Now, what do you mean history? Well, it just it's it's one of those films that it, it's it took a long time for it to get out to the masses. And not okay. not not, like, not a ridiculously long time, but you know, um, for an indie horror film with I think a budget of around a million dollars, Adam Winger and Simon Barrett, you know, uh, they co-collaborate on a lot of stuff. So Simon usually writes and Adam directs. Um, they came together with this film that that went to the Toronto International Film Fest in September of two thousand and eleven. It did not hit theaters. Until the end of August 2013. Right. So, I just remember there being a lot of hype behind this movie, and there being so much going into it, and it was kind of in the same vein of All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, where, you know, you hear about this movie forever and ever and ever, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and that anticipation is growing. And I have to say, this film, it met my expectations, if not exceeded them. I, um, I, I'm interested because it's, um, it's interesting that when once a movie gets a lot of hype behind it, it's kind of right. just a shoe in to get a decent distribution deal kind of right off the bat. Sure. And I, obviously these things take time and, you know, things can happen here and there. But a movie like your next kind of doesn't want to – it seems like the movie that people don't want to keep – away from uh, general audiences because it's a uh, it's a it's it's quite an exciting movie. I'll, I'll say that at the very least. Oh yeah, I I have a lot of fun with it, and you know it's that's it's weird to say fun. Uh, so I watched this uh, with a bunch of my friends when I was back in Chicago, and my girlfriend and I said, "Hey, there's this fun movie that we should watch. It's your next." And so we finish it, and my girlfriend looks at me and she's just like, "Yeah, that movie's not fun." I'm like, did you not like it? And she goes, no, 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 I, I, I liked it. But but every time you've described a fun movie to me, she's like, it's Evil Dead 2 or Dead Alive or 
Dead Snow 2, you know, like those right. type of films. It's not a films. fun outing, this movie. No. I mean, it's fun in a in a very morbid way, and, and I think the dialogue is just very, very sharp in this, and it's... I have a, I have a lot of fun with it. I guess I'm just I just have a really morbid sense of humor. So to me, this is it's a different type of fun, but it's still fun. Well, I find very few things about the movie uh, funny. Funny. I think it's more of a uh, dark humor and potentially a uh, sadistic type of humor that goes into a movie like this. Well, I mean, fun, um, fun, and funnier are they're they're different in in varying degrees i mean this isn't a movie that's really made for jokes as much as it is cheering at certain moments just because what you're seeing is just fucking awesome you know and right. it's what you want to see there are a, there are quite a few moments where there is supposed to be a bit of levity uh right. injected into what is essentially a uh not so much by the numbers but uh uh, if I were it, the harshest thing that I could say is a less than innovative uh, home invasion movie. Okay, it's not the most innovative in, as far as home invasion goes. In some of the stuff that goes into it, uh, let's say you know a few of the deaths here and there. It's some of sure. them are basic, sure, whatever. This I just like that you're getting it from both sides, and you're kind of seeing the good guys and the bad guys. Um, Very true. You get to see them a little more than just these masked killers that, you know, in a lot of these films where the killers have masks, they don't say a damn thing. You never find out anything about them. And I think in this, it, it doesn't take it to a whole new level when you find out who they are. You're like, oh, okay, that's who these guys are. And then you find out more about it and you're like, all right, well, this is interesting. I just, I just liked where it went and I liked that there was connections between some of them, even though... I think one of the guys, you know, they were brothers and stuff in the thing. Well, I guess oh, no, they were I, all I very not much brother liked, brothers. Uh, but, quite a few, yeah. I very much liked a, quite a few twists and turns that this yeah. movie took uh, that I uh, I greatly appreciate because it, it, it twists up the story to make it a bit more interesting. And uh, I'm, in, I'm far more intrigued by a, quite a few things that the plot brings forward to this. So let, let, let's get into it because I actually yeah. kind of want to pick this movie apart a little bit. Um, so, I mean, really it comes down to a, a family... They don't really get along too well. They're all getting together uh, for their parents' anniversary. Uh, what is it, the 35th wedding anniversary or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're all getting together for this family reunion type thing to, to celebrate. And it just, things just don't go well right from dinner. You know, at first, I mean, and, and it starts with the arguing and the petty back and forth banter. Oh, by the way, a couple has been killed in the beginning of the movie. Um, uh, it, and it, and it's a it's a it's a very, like, I guess, simple scene. You oh, might it's, say. So, like, it's simple, but it really... so it, it's it's Larry Fessenden, who has directed a lot of indie features over the years. He's he's great. He produces, he acts, he directs, he does all sorts of stuff. It's it's him in this. And it's just this great just death scene, just right opening, traditional type slasher thing. But it just, it had a mix of a lot of different things in it. Like your net, or not your, it is your next, uh, Urban Legend and uh, taking pieces of that and mixing it with the slasher genre. Kind of, you know, throwing back to some of those 80s and 90s horror films for better or worse at times. But, right, you know, we get this, we get these kills in the beginning. Um, 
which I think are, are you know, all right. And then we it's, it's pulpy. It's eighties. It's got it's, it's got a very classic like blood yeah. splattered across the window. Title card is written in blood on the window. It's totally. It's it's, it's, it's classy. It's good. It, I like, mean, I gotta say this: like they are so fast at writing your next in blood during this movie because there's another scene where you know someone gets killed and then within five seconds they run up to check on them let's say 15 seconds and they've written out your next in blood and it's everywhere it's more of it's more of just a branding for these guys rather than anything else because again typically with most like either serial killer home invasion type movies if there's a shtick or a gimmick they tend to stick to it uh but right. the the title "Your Next" like it's it's it it doesn't really mean anything in the context of this movie. It doesn't like really. Well, it like, actually, I mean, it kind of does. As far as by the time we get to the end of the film and we realize what's been going on and what they've been trying to do, it actually makes a lot of sense. It just there's some continuity stuff that you know if whatever it's a horror movie, man. I mean, honestly, you gotta you know. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm saying I'm, that I'm arguing with myself. I know I'm arguing with myself on this, and I'm totally nitpicking this. Um, because when you look at it, you want to make sure that everything lines up perfectly and there's just a few moments that don't, but whatever that it, it's a movie, man, like editing happens and all sorts of stuff. So it could have been shortened scenes and, and this, that, or the other. Um, right. but anyway, this, this movie is, it's fun. I mean, this family gets terrorized by these three, uh, killers in masks, the lamb, the tiger and the fox. Uh, and it starts with, uh, a crossbow scene with, um, Director Ty West getting a crossbow arrow to the, to the head off screen. Very, 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 very fun. It's such uh, a great moment because it's off screen and it lingers where you don't see what's happened. You've seen the glass is broken as he's gotten up and the window is broken. And people are still talking and arguing because they didn't hear that happen. And then each person at a different time just looks up and this horrified look on their face. And you get these reactions before you even see... Uh, Ty West, like, with the arrow through his head as he's reaching up for it, spins around and just collapses to the ground. And, and it's a it's a great little dynamic. And before and quick before we keep continuing, because I want right. to keep going through this, because this is oh, a very yeah. good momentum the movie has. Like, just setting the scene, like, 35th anniversary, big family scenario, mm-hmm. uh, like, very, <laughs> very questionable, like, snobby hipster director boyfriend and a questionable scarf. <laughs> played yeah. by Ty West. Uh, it, it's probably the most fun this movie has in the beginning, just killing off that great cameo. But um, Dude, this whole movie I, is is just... The cast is... As far as, you know, the horror industry goes and the indie industry goes, like, this cast is stacked, man. It is. For, for the... And, I, and dare I say it, not like, you know, C-list, but, like, there's a certain circle of actors and actresses that the, like, these are the upper echelons of those types of castings that can uh, go down in this movie. There's consistency, man. They're, they're, yes, and they they're, work, to, yes, they work together the a lot. So you have, like, you have Sharni Vinson, who is our, our main character, Aaron, um, who is the girlfriend of Crispin, uh, played by A.J. Bowen, uh, who is in a ton of... Of Ty West films, he does a lot of stuff with Joe Swanberg, who's also in this movie as Drake, and he plays his brother in this. Joe Swanberg is out of Chicago. Uh, he's an indie director. Very divisive, man. All, people either love or hate Joe Swanberg, which to me is mm-hmm. strange because I'm like in the middle. I, I, you know, I don't love his stuff, but I don't hate his stuff. I'm like, it's cool. Awesome. You know, but some people I, really, I, I mean, I just know people who straight up 
do not like him. And I'm like, all right, guys, just back off a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, as divisive as he can be, the, the, most of the perceptions of, uh, of this movie, not that divisive, like yeah. almost universally praised here. Right, um, And right. I think it's probably because the second that I get into praise is going to be pretty much the next kill that we see. Uh, oh, my God. Running, and that's, uh, I think, one of the sisters running outside to basically make a run for it. She's the fastest, uh, and they have that joke, and A.J. Bowen's character is like, I've lost weight, because they're like, you're fat, and he's like, no, I've lost all this weight, and it's this really kind of just, this This is definitely our it's family. A petty, it's, the, it's, it's, the, it's the dumbest, pettiest argument but we that have established even that, during that, a serial killer situation. Right, and we have established that is this family, and it is, Oh yeah, it's great, because during the dinner scene, and by the way, um, we haven't even talked before we even get into that death. Let, let's just let's just say uh, Barbara Crampton from Reanimator fame uh, and oh, yes. tons of movies throughout. Even now, man, she's showing up in in all sorts of stuff left and right. Clearly, it, a movie made by and for massive horror fans. Absolutely. Sometimes when they bring in some of these actors who were around in the eighties, like they don't stand the test of time as being as still fitting in those roles like they come back and you're like oh man this this person was good in these movies in the 80s but they're not like they're not good but barbara crampton every role man she's always on point it's still got it still got absolutely i think i think getting better over time uh which is which is awesome um so yeah the uh the father in this is rob moran plays paul i've seen him in a lot of stuff over the years i feel like he's just in a ton of stuff. Uh, yeah, he is. And uh, it's oddly enough that, like, most of this family kind of looks still pretty young. Like, they're still in a pretty, like, 10-year age difference of, like, mid to late 30s to mid to late 40s. And that's about, like, nobody looks very, very old. Yeah, uh, I, th- I honestly I, kind of I honestly like, think oh, they're, for some of the people, it really is, like, a 10-year age difference. And it's weird because nobody looks actually that old. Where like I'm expecting like you know the matriarch or the patriarch of the family to be like you know kind of like salt got some salt on him, but no. Right. Uh, I'm expecting I'm expecting with with those kids and the variety of ages. You know, I'm thinking some might be 30s at this point. You know, mid 30s, yeah. uh, maybe late for some. And then I think the youngest would be in his mid to late 20s. Uh, mm. You would think that the parents would be 60s late 60s early 70s i mean i don't know uh but this it's, odd. it's an odd pairing but they keep everybody on their toes so it, and it they does run around and do all this crazy shit right so we have we have a large group here it's, it's definitely a ton of people and then uh so the sister is like i'm the fastest i'm gonna get out of here and they pull they, they make this moment they get the drama built up in this and she runs as fast as she can right into like a piece of wire and it, again, it, it's almost very comical the way that she just fling and springs board back like a wrestler, like so, up against the ropes. And that was the like, most visceral part too, is that they didn't go with the traditional horror movie cliche of someone runs, they hit the wire, and they decapitate themselves. And in that case, right. it would just be impossible. No wire, I, it, it would just not be possible for a wire like that to fully decapitate someone if they were just running. You know, I mean, that's not exactly the thing that I'd like to think about, but you're probably right. Well, I think uh, and that's why I think this was more effective. And I think like having it written this way um, makes a much more effective death as she's bleeding out and the family's trying to save her. But they can't because not, and, now and, they've lost now they've lost one of their own. 
you know? Exactly. And I think the uh, the sort of impracticality of a lot of these kills, or at least this first one, where th- these like these axe-wielding murderers and this gang of, uh, like, killers that they're very very well at good at operating where they can they can sneak into a house virtually undetected right uh they are silent as the night right but there's Uh, there's a reason that we find out for all this stuff and it all exactly this is why i think it all makes sense in in a really tight-knit way that when a casual viewer watches this they'll just say whatever man this is just your basic horror film or whatever and and Um, when we get to like the like bit of throwaway dialogue as to why our uh, now uh, like hero or person that is in control of of the situations, uh, Shinari Vincent or Sharni uh, Sharni Vincent, yeah, Sharni Vincent, excuse me, uh, Aaron, aka in this yeah. film, uh, she is incredibly competent. She is in control of the situation from the second. Dude, arrow she's start she's, she's the audience in this film. She is what the audience would want to do in a horror situation she's competent she knows how to fight back um and later on in the film we find that she her her dad basically had her as part of a a survivalist group so she was raised all the way until she was what like 15 years old or something in this survivalist group out in the outback like that sounds which sounds insane number one survivalist group sounds crazy when you combine that with being in the outback and being yeah, raised absolutely. there as a child, like, and learning how to survive in any type of situation and how to do whatever. Like, it makes her character, she could easily turn to be the villain in a heartbeat. There's oh, well, that. That and she's she's on some, like, solid snake shit. Like, well, that, that's what I mean. Like, she. Close quarters combat. Survival right. mechanics. And no, that makes her. Duck and cover. It. it yeah, and that makes her extremely, extremely dangerous. Now, as we find out through this film, these killers are what are they? Ex Marines, I think, but they're ex they're ex military or SEALs or something. They have they have military training. Yeah, like strong military background. Right. Uh, from uh, Crispin, I believe it's Crispin's uh, character, like that that got hooked up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so what we find out in this film as we go through the family is getting murdered off. And we could go through every kill individually, but I think that kind of Mm. You, you get the gist. Like, you get the gist. Some People insane, like tense, like horror kills. There, there are some. The, the... Some are really intense. Some are not as intense. There's, there's tricks and traps that I really like. Um, I do like that Sharni Vincent tra- tricks them with two rows of nails. So she puts in two nail boards, one that they can see, so they think that they're like, oh, I see it. I know not to step on it, and then one that's tucked back far enough that they can't see. So when he steps in there, goes right through his boot. Right and through it. That and that to me is I love those type of moments in this. Um, and then there's a couple of other times where she just you know gets the upper hand on people, and we find out that a couple members of the family are killing off the family in order to get their inheritance. That's what they want. They hate their family yeah. so much that they're willing to kill them off. And there's uh, Felix who's played by Nicholas Tucci, Z, who is Felix's girlfriend, played by Wendy Glenn, and then A.J. Bowen is Crispin, um, and they're just willing to kill their entire family. Joe Swanberg, as Drake, gets brutalized so oh, much throughout so this cool. movie. He gets so shot my... with an Oh, wait, 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 go ahead. No, no. So, so my... Uh, the reason that I love this sort of twist is that a twist like this can basically be 
we were basically witnessing like the origin story of like a Law and Order episode or a like yeah. m- or a mid tier thriller or something right. like this is this is the thing that you find out at the end of a mystery movie. You find this this is this is, this is, this is basically you... yeah, this is basically like at the beginning of a procedural. Yeah. You'll you'll hear little tidbits about what this murder was. It'll be the crime scene basically of this whole thing. Or it could be for an entire season actually because could it, it be. would be intricate enough. Hey, this could be like season 4 of true crime. <laughs> hey. It could just as easily could. Yeah, I think uh, there, there's a lot of brutality in this film that goes a little above and beyond, especially stuff that happens to to Drake uh, when he gets shot with the arrow in the back and then dealing with that and he yanks it out himself, but they tell him not to and then he just passes out from it uh, yeah. and just continues to get brutalized until he essentially becomes a human pincushion uh, by the end of it when his brother doesn't like to get his hands dirty, apparently likes to get his hands dirty. Uh, very with, dirty with that very dirty but then pretends like he doesn't it's just crazy to see because he's like i don't want to do this look what you made me do you know so seeing felix flip out like that at him finally lose it to that point when he was essentially the weakest character in the beginning who didn't want to get any blood on him or do any of that type of stuff and it's again i think the the upending of just a plot gone wrong is our main character just stuck in the middle yeah, of this fucked up plot. That, well, there's like, well, there's one line that, this family, this rich family squabble that she doesn't give a shit about. Yeah, I mean, there's one line that gives it away, uh, and that's when uh, Aaron is talking to, I think she's talking to Z about how she learned to do all of this stuff, and said, uh, "Yeah, I haven't even told Crispin." Right. So at that point, I'm like, "All right, well, he has to be in on it because he's been gone for so long. He disappeared 30 minutes earlier, and unless we're gonna find his mangled body at some point, you know, at that point, I'm like, "All right, he's got to be in on this as well." But right, it, it didn't hurt the movie. I don't think to to kind of see that coming. I liked the, when he the movie showed- does show it. The movie does start to show its hand very quickly after like the first couple of kills sure where like oh okay something's clearly there's clearly more than meets the eye here there's very much more than meets the eye here but i think i think there's like i think it does that because we're supposed to basically watch this movie where there the twist is that this family is killing off their own family i think that's almost the way that i try to look at it and that aaron is the character that's throwing the wrench in the entire movie in itself so, right, like this it, all would have gone without a hitch if Aaron wasn't in the picture. Right, and then you have Crispin when you see him just being, just cowering outside, just waiting for stuff to happen, and then he goes in and doesn't seem to care that she's murdered his entire family, which I have to say the blender to the head that she Ooh. does to Felix is great. The follow-up, It's very well done as well. It's, yeah, but the follow-up to Z was just, it was a little lackluster. I wanted something to be not just another stab someone in the head thing, because almost everything she does when she kills anyone, it's a lot of head stuff. Yeah, it I, is. I mean, actually, well, I mean, it, it, it totally survivalist, is. Well, survivalist it is, so she's definitely, she's, yeah, obviously, she's making sure they can never get back up, which she definitely does. Actually, she does that, I think, to everyone. She hits one, she hits, I think, Simon Barrett's character, because uh, he actually plays yeah. one of the, one of the uh, killers, the Tiger Mask I think one. the only, the only wound that a guy sustains is when she gets, when he gets stabbed in the arm, when he tries to grab her from the window, that's about it. Then she's yeah. just a one-shot after that. 
Right, and because she uh, she ends up bashing his skull in with the hammer first of all, which was just br- and she just keeps going, man. She oh yeah, she would not stop. Um, she's and then, like she should have hired Crispin should have hired her for this. Like right, exa- exactly. I mean, she just straight up goes for headshots. So for her, it's basically there's no wounding people in this. It's it's survival of the fittest, and you're going to die. Um, yeah. She's and that's cooking fools. Yeah, and that's what she does. She just makes sure that she uh, takes everyone out brutally, too. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So, and again, a lot of this, like, there's a difference between subverting expectations and subverting expectations. I think this is the first yeah. where, all in all, this movie can be rather formulaic uh, until it's not, and it like step it steps it takes enough steps out of line just to be unique. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoy that because they clearly knew what they were doing when making those steps. Yeah. Um, I think another great thing to notice about this is um, is g- quite a lot of the uh, gore effects, especially with the blender to the head, oh, yeah. uh, sparingly and done well. Yeah, Because uh, I mean, most they- of this is done building tension and then not even a couple of moments of actual right. gore. Yeah, it's not a ton of it's not a ton of gore. So I can I can definitely understand there being gore hounds being very pissed off at this, um, because people really when something gets built up as much as this film does over the time that it took for it to come out, people are expecting something insane because they hear it's really really good. So they're expecting gore that they haven't seen before and things that are just going to blow their minds. Now, while there are some fun kills in this, the gore isn't, it's nothing, uh, I mean, the blender, the blender, the blender's awesome. It's not mind-blowing. It's not mind-blowing. The blender's great. Well, the blender technically is mind-blowing. Um, but it's, it's fun in general to, to just watch this and see it as more of a thriller. And I think that's, because to me, this has more of home invasion thriller on it than it has traditional slasher film. Oh, for sure. I think, I, I think it's more of like, where... okay, we had a great sort of gimmick for a nice script. What can we do more with? Can we make? Can we write our way into something more interesting, or can yeah. we scare you into something that's more tense? And See, they went that's, with the latter. Well, that's that's the whole type of that's the way Simon Barrett writes in general. So you've seen The Guest, right? Yes. So The Guest, I love that movie. It is so damn good. Uh, and it, it's you know it's in the horror category, but I don't consider it a horror movie. I just consider it an expertly crafted thriller. Right. Uh, yeah, with with some mystery to it. This has the right. makings of like if somebody walked in on this scene and had to figure all this out. Oh, this is a great mystery. Exactly, like, and, and I think for, that's and which capping off with the ending here. Uh, like it, I kind of don't even really blame the law enforcement for acting the way that they did. No, because, no, it, like it, what I the think fuck? It's, it, it, and that's where this movie kind of changes a little more in tone right at the end, which is a little strange, um, because there's a lot of funny moments that are happening, especially towards the end, where where Crispin is just basically say, saying, "Hey, let's just let's go off together, and we'll be together. It's cool that you killed everyone." Uh, yeah, because he knows he can't really do anything. Uh, right. She, like he, obviously... Like he's fucked. I mean, he doesn't want to... He, and he wants to stay away from all the violence anyway. He is definitely the the biggest one who doesn't want anything to do with it. You know? Right. Um. 
so I, I understand that part, and that, that makes it funnier as far as the whole situation, because that's, like, the main bad guy, and he's, like, the weakest of all of them. Um, and then, after she ends up killing him, a cop ends up shooting her through a window, because her <laughs> distress call got out, finally. And yeah. I thought that was hilarious, because it, then right after that, she had set up this axe, and we saw it, and we're waiting for someone to walk into the door and get hit in the face with an axe. And he goes up right to the door, and she's just, no! And then the the graphic, the blood-splattered image popping over the screen with your next, I thought was just amazing. I mean, yeah, because we all knew what happened after that. And yeah. I, I think it's a, uh, it's a great, like, punchy ending. It's yeah. fun. It's poppy. It's uh, it does a lot to uh, to kind of it encapsulates the ki- the type of fun that this movie wants you to have rather than bum you out right. in a weird way. Like there there's no like obviously this is not exactly a satisfying ending, but it's a it's certainly not a downer of an ending if that if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's not a downer of an ending because it seems that Sharni Vincent's character is totally fine at the end of it. She's been shot, but she seems like she's. She's moving all right, and she seems okay. So it's not like she just gets killed at the end of the movie, and then you're like, oh, great, everyone's dead. So and, it was cool. like, and that's the end of that chapter, or something like that. Right, and, and it would be nice to see something happen with a sequel to this, or see her as the killer later on. Yeah. Like, after a few years, she ends up becoming, you know, she loses her mind or something and just starts killing people. Uh, and, and that would be a cool way to see it for a sequel, where you think she's not the killer but she is i don't know it would be it's an interesting thing to to go back to but i think it leaves it open for a variety of ways to go and that's what makes that fun yes exactly and i think that's kind of where like the soul of this movie lies it's yeah trying to have fun with uh like a lot of the bleak often premises that home invasion movies and slasher films come with uh and for the most part i think it does it well yeah i think it does it very well um Apparently, there's a lot of hate for this movie too from some people. I I don't I don't get it, but I I wouldn't agree with hate. I mean, I could see why you don't like it. Like, it couldn't be your cup of tea. But like, I don't think this movie commits any egregious sin that uh, no that no is unforgivable. Not at all. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why, but because uh, I've talked to some people about it, and some people just straight up do not like it at all. Um, I uh, like so well. I would call some of the dialogue and some of the delivery a little cringy. I would yeah. say some of the scenes are like overly punctuated with too much levity or humor. Right. Sometimes, like it goes for the opposite effect. But then again, like it's it's kind of the pace of the movie. I um, I would have to say that again, it, it's it doesn't do that much wrong, and yeah. but it doesn't get you know it, it gets enough right. I'll, I'll, like, yeah, I mean, credit. I think I think it's solid. I see it as more of a, a thriller than I do a horror film, and I think that's that's where sometimes people need to look through with a different lens because if you look at it as a straight-up horror film, I, I could maybe understand not liking it as much, right. uh, but it's, it's a very effective expert, I think, expertly crafted thriller. Uh, exactly. not, as good, not as good as The Guest, but pretty close. I'd say pretty good as well. Yeah, and I would obviously recommend it because it's uh it, it's it's most of all it's it tries to be fun and I think it succeeds uh, aptly. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, I mean, I think so as well. I think it's a uh, it's a solid film. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's on Vudu right now, so you can watch it. It's got a few commercials, you know, that Vudu does. But hey, man, they've got they've got some good horror on there lately. Do it, do it. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think that is going to do it for us this week. It's a mm-hmm. solid recommend from a, another solid slasher film. Uh, what have we got going on next week? So next week, uh, we're going to take a look at the 1989 cult classic, Heathers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because... I'm actually, I'm actually really excited because a friend of mine was like telling me that I would love this movie, and I have actually no idea what it's about. Oh, my. So I've Heathers, never seen or heard of this movie, but apparently it's a classic. It's a pitch black comedy, so it's very, very dark, dark comedy, but I would still consider it in the horror realm. You know, right. It is great. It is great. Uh, and we will. Yeah, we will talk about that next week. But if you haven't yes, seen it yet, you can check it out on Shudder. Absolutely. And thank you guys again so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Feel free to give us a review wherever you listened to it uh, to us on. If it's iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you find all your podcasts, we will uh, we we would appreciate that greatly. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much again for uh, the love on Twitter, Facebook, all the uh, social medias that we're on as well. Uh, and if you want to get in contact with us, uh, we are at ohthehorrorcast at gmail.com if you want to send suggestions or just love. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys again so much. Until next time, I am Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you again next time, everybody. Time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk.